We're back, Boss Lady Live, fourth season. Can you believe it? My name is Sandra Samuel, CEO of Totally Mail, and we'll be back Monday, October 25th at 8 p.m. sharp at youtube.com forward slash the Totally Mail. See you then. Good evening, everyone. We are indeed back. I hope you missed me. <laughs> we have been out for September and quite a bit of October. I should have been back from the 1st of October, but I got so busy. So I do apologize for my guests who have been asking, my, my viewers who have been asking, <clears throat> sorry, where are you? Where are you? Aren't you coming back? Aren't you coming back? We miss our talks. We miss our talks. What is happening? So this evening, hi, Terry. Uh, Terry Ann, good evening. This evening, it's, um, I think it's the last, is it, is it the last Monday or we have another Monday? We have a, it's our last Monday of October. Yes, because we, we, I think October 8th on a Sunday this year. We are focusing on breast cancer month, as you know, as most of my um, friends know, and my Facebookers and my Instagrammers and my YouTubers know that I am a breast cancer survivor. And you know, I have to do a program on surviving, thriving um, after breast cancer every breast cancer month because it is important we need to get the word out we need to talk about the different scenarios of persons with breast cancer we also need to speak about early detection is key have you done your mammogram yet how are you doing your self-breast examination have you checked out you know if there's anybody in your family who has breast cancer. These things are very important for us women. And the thing is, it doesn't discriminate. Black, white, Indian, chief, young, old, tall, slim, fat, it doesn't really matter. So what we really want to talk about is early detection, checking yourself, checking your bodies, but this evening in particular, it is my pleasure to share screen with, well, now my new friend. Her name is Tara Montague. She has a, a very unique experience in that she discovered breast cancer during pregnancy. I know that must, I, 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 I can't wait to get into her story because I know as a youngster, she was diagnosed at age 29. So folks, this I'm sure will be a riveting um, evening like all my other evenings with all my special guests. I'm so happy to be back. I have a nice lineup for you with some very interesting um and, and educated because all my 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 guests are experts 
in one way or another in their area, whether they're surviving something, so it's their personal story. So no, there is not a book story, it's a personal story, or they studied work in the field of whatever it is that we are talking about. This platform is to have conversations, real conversations about things that matter, things that are really not being talked about in the general public. We don't assume. We don't do the light stuff. We do the very important, life-changing conversations, things you want to know, things you need to know, things you must know, trying to uplift in terms of life, trying to bring happiness, peace, joy. We speak about um, spirituality. We speak about relationships. We speak about job selection. We speak about health and wellness. We speak about various different topics, but most importantly, it at the end of the day, you must walk away with information that can help you. It is also an interactive platform in that we allow you to ask our guests. You can um, type in your questions. We allow you to ask our guests questions that of clearly they're experts so clearly they can answer as best as possible so this evening let me introduce my guest she is tara montague and she calls herself a warrior mom she she's actually a nurse by profession as i had read but she is a um you are a um med rep right yeah right you're a med rep and Right. So she she will just introduce herself further and just tell us a little bit more about herself before we go into her story and start asking questions. Welcome, Tara, to Boss Lady Live. Thank you for having me and good evening to all your viewers. It is a pleasure to be here with you. So a little bit about Tara before cancer came and redefined my life. Um, as you would have mentioned, I am a registered nurse by profession. I hail from the parish of Manchester with some roots in St. Elizabeth. So I went to high school in Mandeville, Bishop Gibson High School for Girls. And then I went on to NCU and did my Bachelor of Science in Nursing there. I didn't spend too long in nursing, however. I'm just about 14 months and then I transitioned into the sales and marketing as um, area of the pharmaceutical industry and um, I'm also a realtor alongside my husband we're, we're building our family business um, and pretty much you know as I mentioned my husband I'm married and I have two lovely boys and at the age of 29 just as um, you know newly married one baby down and just entering into the next phase of family life cancer came and you know i just had to to deal with it how so, did you how did you find it so i woke up one morning and luckily i was wearing a light colored bralette and there was a spot on it and when i noticed it i was concerned 
Um, so I proceeded to milk in the breast to see exactly if it was coming from the breast. It, it did come from the breast. So I called my OBGYN and I told him and, you know, he said, okay, let's do an ultrasound. You're too young. They're not going to allow you to do a mammogram, but let's do the ultrasound. So and you I, have no one in your family that you it could have even done on you that this could right right yeah no okay. right so no close relative so I did the ultrasound and that ultrasound was actually spotless so by this my first baby was about eighteen months um shy off and. Uh, you know, I had recently finished breastfeeding him. So the consideration was kind of, ah, maybe it's still breast milk, you know? So with that spotless ultrasound report, I continued and just, I had it in the back of my head, but I continued uh, along with life. Then in November of same year, so this, was what month? this was April and this oh. is 2019. Yes. All right. So Mm -hmm. Oh, so you did the the the, the 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 ultrasound and it came back clean, clean, axilla, wow. everything. It was spotless. So, um, and this was April of 2019. So I continued on with life, etc. I remember even traveling that year. We had a fantastic time and all of that. Anyway, this now was November of said year. I woke up again luckily wearing a light color t-shirt and it was more and i was like i called dr abrams and i'm like doc whatever it is we're checking it out and he said i agree with you i'm going to refer you to the surgeon and he did and uh, i it was in that same week so like i'm going to the surgeon on the thursday i found out i'm pregnant the wednesday wow so I went to the surgeon nonetheless, and he said to me, Dr. Abrams too said, um, your pregnancy will not change our course of action. And I agreed with them. However, because of the nature, based on the surgeon's assessment, he was saying, you know, for your biopsy, you're going to have to go under general anesthesia because we're going to have to remove the duct. It seems as if you have a papilloma growing in the duct. So we need to remove that bad duct and that's going to be an actual surgery. So I was like, okay. Um, but he said, you know, because you're in your first trimester, so young in the pregnancy, I would say let us wait until January of the new year when you get into your second trimester because baby can go die in the, um, in the surgery. So I was like, and honestly, Sandra, cancer was not in anybody's mind. As I said, I wasn't checking any of the boxes. So that little delay was kind of like, I don't think it's a good idea. Nobody had that, right? Nobody had that thought. So I did the surgery in January, January 18th to be exact. And uh, in a, it was an in and out procedure. Um, and then February 22nd, I got that report that it was stage zero at the time, breast cancer, ductile carcinoma inside you, DCIS. And, uh, you know, I remember the, the, when the doctor said it to me, like last night I was watching you and your panelists, and I remember Tara Playfair's yes. 
was saying, um, you, she, she knows that they're talking, but it was like, <laughs> okay. I had the same exact reaction. I had the same exact reaction. So I was I was looking at him. I know that he's talking, and yeah. the song was just going around like this, and I was not processing anything. And I think he realized what was happening, and he said to me, um, "You know what? <sighs> just that's it. <laughs> what did that mean? Yeah, but it looks like these glasses over here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a mom in real life. Yeah. So, I um so he said to me go home here's the report and we can talk about it all right we can talk about it so I took the report and I remember my husband came with me too for the news and uh, when we went outside in the car we were just silent like silent and uh, hold on just a sec Sorry about that. So, um, yeah, man, I was just in the car and we were looking at each other like, oh my God. And then I said to him, at least it stayed zero. So let's just hurry up and do this mastectomy. Because I registered that when Doc said um, the, the cure for this type of staging is a straight mastectomy. Let's just hurry up and get it over with. And I was like, let's just do that and get on. And... Uh, so like within two weeks of all of that i did the surgery but lo and behold when the pathology report came back from the mastectomy it had gone to two nodes so i was automatically moved up to stage two so um that's when the whirlwind started now do you need chemotherapy can you do chemotherapy while pregnant this that and all of that what happened in my case though is that um the the immuno by the time i got back all the results and so on receptor types and so i was actually in my third trimester and chemotherapy was not recommended for me then so what my oncologist did was to fast track well recommend that the gynae would fast track my um delivery so i could heal and start chemo as soon as possible and that's what happened mm -hmm. So how, yeah. so what, so they had to, to take the baby at a particular at stage? At 38 weeks, which is still considered full term and all of that. So we had no issues. Delivery was smooth sailing and, uh, you know, he was born good weight and healthy and all of that. So right after that, now I went into staging and then um, started the treatment. So I did eight wow. months of chemo and after chemo, then radiation. And, you know, it was just a whirlwind. Boy, um, well, for those of you out there who don't know, um, most breast cancers are estrogen driven. Right. So it's, um, for Tara, it, it's not unique that persons find out that they have breast cancer before well during pregnancy I, during pregnancy or after pregnancy sometimes it, it somehow that's when they discover it 
maybe they were seeing signs and symptoms and just ignored it. But I have I have counseled persons who found it while pregnant, and it's the same similar situation like you. Now you are you had you, at that time you were a mother of one. What what kind of thoughts went through your mind? The only time I would break down and cry is when I look at the toddler at the time um, and just imagine what his life would be like without me. So I had the thoughts like, oh my God, I'm going to die and leave them. Mm -hmm. um, as plain as that that was it for me and it would just break me it would eat me up but quickly i accepted and i think that's what that's the difference between myself and other persons going through it i in that grieving process i did not stay in the anger and the denial for for too long absolutely like within a matter of days i'm like mm -mm. I have to live for them yeah. and I cannot afford to stress the baby in utero either because that's a whole nother issue. Um, you know, high blood pressure and all of that. So I was like, mm -mm, I have to, I have to get myself together and I have to do it based on the studies, based on what the doctors are telling me, the outcome won't be bad. So just trust the process and go through with it. And I never question them, whatever they bring to me, you need this amount of, chemo i do it you need radiation there was a um a bit of whether or not i need radiation and difference in opinion i'm like my oncologist was like taro we have to overkill on you because you're young you are young and young patients have to be treated aggressively and i i got my opinions and i just moved straight into it i was not about natural remedy and i'm not knocking anyone who believes in that but there were persons who put, had put that to me and quite frankly i had to tell them you have to respect my decision it's my health and i want to live for my children and i actually happen to know of more cases where chemotherapy and the traditional way of treating breast cancer, the outcome is a lot better than persons who went solely into natural remedy. So I said, I'll take my chances with chemo. And boy, was chemo rough. I'm not going to, I'm the first one to tell you it's awful, but it is trying to kill what is trying to kill you. Right. So it's not light, you know, it's not lightweight. It, it's going to come at you heavy and it's going to tear you down. But at the end of the day, you stand a better chance. Absolutely. The thing, what I like to, to, to speak to people about in terms of um, the, the natural way, how I look at it, I'm not saying that the natural way doesn't work. I'm just saying that when you're diagnosed, you're going through treatment, you do not know what type of cancer you have. If it's aggressive, it's even worse. Right. At your age, 29, hormones raging. How I like to explain to people when they're thinking about their options is that when you eat food, for the food to process and to change your body structure and all that, that's a slow process. Cancer can be a 
fast outrunning them. Yeah. Outrunning the ability of the food and whatever else you are taking, whether it is herbs and whatever you whatever have you. That is a slower process. So I'm saying they are not equal. Mm -hmm. Some people have a slow moving cancer. Some people, this minute it's a pea and the next minute it's a melon. So you don't know. You don't know how your, your body is going to react. Mm -hmm. So the truth is, we want to go with the tried and proven. Exactly. We have scientific evidence that these things work. And so that is why when, when I was diagnosed and they said to me, okay, this is the size of the tumor, um, lumpectomy, is, it can do lumpectomy, but it's, I mean, the size of my breast was, were not very large and the lump was significant. So I didn't, keeping my breast was neither here nor there to me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I said to the doctor, I want to survive. Right. That's what I'm working with. Right. Tell me what I need to do to survive. So, so in doing the chemotherapy, were there any um, techniques or any anything that you did during chemotherapy to maintain your health? Did you continue to exercise? Did you, con did you change your diet? Did you do anything? Um, were you on any other kind of um medication did they put you on tamoxifen because i know for me they had put me on tamoxifen prior i was 35 so they had put me on tamoxifen before i actually start, went and had the surgery did they put you on anything so i i started the tamoxifen after chemo so i finished chemo this year january and uh, the doctor wrote me the prescription to start the tamoxifen right after so ten years because again of the age and how right. far away i am from menopause right 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 so right. there so you went through chemotherapy you went through the radiation what have you done differently since you have finished all your treatment no before i reach there don't don't don't, don't go there yet mm -hmm. how did your friends and your co-workers how did that play out did you have a village i know you have, i know you say you have your husband but how how did you well Certainly, if cancer has taught me anything at all, it's I have recognized the real people in my life. Um, so my family really showed up and showed out for me, and they still are. And uh, there are friends who just got really closer, you know. Um, and I had to manage them though, and and this is how i know the real because there were instances when i would just update them but i'll say to them do not call me i don't want to talk about it right now um or do not ask many questions or do not tell me what you're seeing on google so from very very early i created two broadcast lists on whatsapp not whatsapp groups because i didn't want people pouring in suggestions and having discussions about my health so I didn't do the groups. I just did broadcast list, priority one, priority two. Ah. Priority one, I could shoot them 
the updates as I'm getting them because I know these persons, I know where their mental state is at and I know that they're not going to bombard me with questions. They're not going to call me as soon as they read the message and say, oh my God, you know. Um, and then priority two, no, I just kind of had to give it to them in small doses what's going on. So that is how I handled it. But they really like my, to, to, to shave my head, my husband shaved me. But we uh, yeah, and we had a party. I was coming to him, you know, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a, a a shaving party. So all my siblings, we decided I have, a, I have a sister and two big brothers, and we decided we we're going to go bald, and my husband oh. too, and we just That's went so on zoom or one of those platforms and we just shaved that way that night, and everybody had a bald head. Um, <laughs> But you know, the support was real. My mom too, she never left my side. So, you know, her baby and she was with me from the get-go, like long before I even got to the place of delivering. I remember I did the mastectomy. So while I was pregnant, I was healing from the mastectomy and, you know, needing help with the toddler and so on. So I I really, really learned the true value of family you know, from this, from this ordeal, it, it has become like full force to me what family really means. And I am just in awe of how much they have been standing beside me. So, um, I'm sharing is asking how the treatment affect post pregnancy, breastfeeding and etc. Did you, were you allowed mm -hmm. to breastfeed or that was no longer uh, well, I was I was allowed. I, I mean, I was given the option, and at one point they were because after delivery, I was given four weeks to heal or to recoil because delivery plays a number on your body. So I was given four weeks to bounce back and then start chemo. And uh, you know, it was suggested maybe you shouldn't start breastfeeding because then you're gonna be engorged and you're gonna have to stop abruptly. But I wanted to breastfeed. Um, if it was even four weeks of breast milk, I wanted to give him that because um, I know the importance of it. And, you know, we've been through so much together. I wanted that bonding experience. So I breastfed and God is so amazing because um, by now I would have done the mastectomy. So with one breast, I was able to exclusively breastfeed him for three weeks wow just breast milk and then in the fourth week we introduced formula to kind of start weaning him and yes i had the engorgement and the hard breasts uh, when i started the chemo but that you know we took care of that and it was worth it in my opinion oh that's so precious and so through all of that now how did your husband manage because last night i know you watched last night and kevin was talking about you know yeah. him being the caregiver of his wife how did your because baby is there and then you sick yeah how do you balance all of that i really should be talking to him don't it yeah. <laughs> um, just not, not talking to him i should maybe i should have invited him but that must have been really tough on him I'm, I'm pretty sure. And what I love about our relationship is that we're friends, you know? So we're friends first. And so sometimes we try to get into each other's heads because we shouldn't be, 
even if we have to be vulnerable and no matter what your greatest fear is i need to know what it is because we need to talk through it so i think that is what has helped us along the way um but he he's very supportive and you know helpful handy um pretty much an all-rounder so um you know it he's been awesome i honestly i don't think i thank him enough what he really deserves and he doesn't like the big up and yes all of that but yes. he's 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 a real trooper honestly awesome what would you say has been the most difficult um experience during the whole between from diagnosis to to having a baby treatment what would you say was the most um difficult period the eight rounds of chemo was not a walk in the park it really and i think you had asked earlier too if i was able to exercise like how i yes. managed the chemo i could not do anything i don't know if it's because i had gone through a pregnancy like my body was just exhausted yes i could not manage it so and then the minute i start to feel better then another round came so it's i do so it was just this high low high low it was really hard chemo really really played a number on me i was so happy to be finished i celebrated and it was just in time for my birthday so i was super excited um to just be finished with it but I kept saying to myself, every time I go, I am trying to kill what is trying to kill me. And I want Absolutely. to stay alive. So I have to do this as hard as it is the side effect profile. Oh my God. But I just had to push through it. The, I know through chemotherapy, well, I know from based on my experience there were certain mm -hmm. things that i just couldn't eat mm -hmm. did you change your diet any at all did you and even after you finished treatment did have you changed your your diet definitely during chemo there no one thing up, had up, used to upset my stomach that never used to happen to me in chemo i could eat pretty much just about anything after day two or so um but definitely the lifestyle change as it relates to diet i have cut out red meat completely like red meat used to be like a special occasion kind of thing but not even that i don't eat it anymore um was that on the direction of your doctor or that was a personal choice um at first the doctor did not recommend it to be honest it was kind of closer to the end and you know i guess post or surveillance kind of talks that we started talking about diet and so on but it was personal and then you know a lot of persons have their um, opinions and make suggestions so i just kind of went to it because i'm like what well, you i won't lose if this thing is going to help me to be healthier then i'm definitely trying it you know so i it was kind of like that for me so no more red meat no alcohol at all not even on special occasions i try not to um those are the two main things that you are doing now yeah 
when you when you look at what you had to go through have you taken any personal decisions in terms of futuristic um i know for me like i had my bucket list and i said okay i was procrastinating about this i was procrastinating about that and i just had my bucket list and i went i just went down each thing every year i had a different plan for something else did you have that kind of have you changed how you view life Mm-hmm. And have you done? Are you doing anything differently than you were were doing before that? Yeah, man, definitely. So the way I look on life now is like, look here, you have one life and you have to live it. And I am fully immersed in being a mom. I absolutely love my boys, and the thing is, they're babies. So you know, most of my time now is just spent nurturing them and spending quality time with them um that for me gives so much so much joy um and yes i never necessarily had a bucket list before but you know it was kind of like a subconscious bucket list but now you know i'm talking about it more you know like yeah i've done the west side of the world i want to go over to the east now i want to see new places um do new things because you work so hard like you have to enjoy life because cancer can come and just redefine everything for you you know and i just feel like god has been so good to me and he has brought me so far so i'm just going to enjoy and maximize on life were you prepared um or should i say financially because it can be extremely expensive if you have insurance is this yes something that you had even considered um in terms of taking out um good health insurance and all of that that was something that you were yeah man definitely and this month especially i had the opportunity to talk to um some young people in different settings high school and you know certain corporate places and that's my thing to them from your first paycheck because that's what i did as a nurse earning chump change (laughs) i had my critical illness insurance and i had uh, um my health insurance and life insurance from my first paycheck and I would encourage every single young person, no matter how small your salary is, this is a way that you invest in yourself without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Because I've honestly lost count with all the surgeries and the treatments and all of that. I've lost count how many, how how much money, millions how, of how many millions. How many millions? Yeah. Many millions. I have lost count of how many millions of dollars you know if i didn't have insurance so i would encourage young persons like um how did you manage this is a question from the audience how did you manage this during the start of the pandemic i didn't even realize that it even actually when i was in hospital doing the surgery i think that's when we reported our first case in jamaica Mm -hmm. I remember when that came out 
Um, to be honest, though, I guess perspective is everything because the pandemic was sort of a blessing for my family and I um, because we kind of slowed down. We slowed down and everybody nice. was home. And uh, we just, you know, I going through all of this because I was very private about my journey too in the initial you know stage of it i didn't share because all of this was happening and i didn't share until the october um you know because i simply felt that i i needed support from another pregnant another mother and i didn't get that so i i wanted if a jamaican woman was to google i am pregnant with breast cancer something local and relatable would come up so i waited a couple of months well before i you know was ready to talk about it so the pandemic was kind of a blessing in disguise because i was home all the time hobby home the baby home so we're all safe nobody wants to catch covid right. and just, yeah so it was okay for us actually it was actually a good thing plus and you weren't under the pressure of am i missing anything out there because you weren't missing anything because everybody was exactly. also on lockdown exactly, exactly. yeah yeah so as a young woman mm -hmm. i mean you're just starting life your your faith must have been tested trust me but tell you know what tell us a little bit of how you navigate that so what kind so, of conversation were having with god so I did a lot of closet um, crying because I would hide from my mommy and my husband who were here during, you know, the early days. And I would just go into the closet and bawl when I felt like I needed to let it out or in the shower when, you know. And I remember one of the doctors said to me, like he just shaped my perspective. One day he wrote on like this blood form and i saw my name and he wrote for the diagnosis breast ca and that just hit me like a brick mm -hmm. and i broke down in his office because i'm like this is real there is no going around it and uh, i remember he said to me taro what you are going through is like he was in essence he was saying what you're going through don't take it lightly right. there is so much purpose being born within you even as you give birth to your baby and he said this baby that you're carrying is no ordinary baby because maybe if you didn't get pregnant it would have stayed there and fest and fest up and uh, would have caught it at a later stage mm -hmm. so you know what you give thanks to god for this baby that you're carrying and that you're receiving treatment and when i left his office that afternoon it was just a renewed it was like a new perspective and then one day out of the blue because i was doing a lot more meditation just trying to keep calm and uh, i was literally guided to the bible and uh, this um text in psalm which said uh, 
um, he broadened the path under my feet so my foot would not slip off. And it that was just plain. That was like I'm in the that was just a message. That's a message. Trust me. And because it's first I've know that in the Bible, but I was just going through it and I was led directly to, to that scripture. He broadened my path so my foot would not slip off. And I'm like, God, you're going to take me through this journey. And I'm going to have my baby and I'm going to raise my children. You're going to, there, there is purpose in my pain. And that was it for me. Absolutely. Shereen was saying, um, what's a good amount to be insured um, for? <laughs> I think I need an insurance company to speak about that. She said yeah. most give up to about $5 million. And that's and a good thing. I'm guessing treatment is way more. That's a good start. Right. And if you have your health card, because even right. though you have a critical illness policy, if once you have the health card as well, that will help to subsidize. So you won't necessarily need to. Well, I guess it depends because I've learned that you have breast cancer, you have different types of breast cancer, and some of them are way more expensive than others. So it, it kind of depends. Tara, if someone had said to you prior to this, that you um, are strong enough to manage something like this. Would you have agreed with them? Not so. I would tell them they don't know what they're saying and that it, it, that can't happen to me. Because prior to this diagnosis, I mean, I honestly, to be honest, you know, part of what I was feeling initially when I received it was anger and I felt like my body betrayed me. Why are I running up and down, going to the gym and eating, trying to eat properly and, you know, trying to live a healthy lifestyle and then this come happen. But lo and behold, what I didn't know is that I had a genetic mutation that was just there, you know. Is it the BRCA test that you did? So I did uh, um, the, the test that involved the BRCA as well, but mine is actually ATM. It's one of those new, newer type of gene that is being found that causes breast cancer, gene mutation. So I know BRCA1 and 2 are the popular ones, but mine isn't even one of those. It's called ATM. So, you, so what does that mean for your follow-up treatment? So what it um, means is that the the other breasts, I would need to do a mastectomy, which I already did because I'm taking no chances. Absolutely. So actually, you did a double mastectomy. Right. But one was before. Right. 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 Because I couldn't have done the two while pregnant. Um, right. I would so you found this out. Right. That was recommended by your doctor or you asked to do this. Well, I was counseled prior to doing the gene test and you know we played out all the scenarios and this was a recommendation in the event. And personally too, I just did not want to I wanted to reduce my risk of reoccurrence. Mm -hmm. So minimal, so I know this was a way to go. And um, did you do reconstruction or it, was it not recommended? Well, I just, 
what I must say now. Initially, because I had a discussion about this um, recently, where I guess because you know I'm 29 and all of that, um, the doctors kind of just assumed I wanted reconstruction, so I did it. Mm -hmm. um, I did reconstruction. Okay. Yes, I did. The normal um, procedure for breast cancer um, is, is quite similar to um, what you have been through. But I have no idea the differences in terms of when you're pregnant. Apart, apart from them delaying treatment until after you had baby, was there any other situation that they said, okay, because you're pregnant, you have to do this instead of this? No, it was, it was just, um, you know, chemotherapy. If I, if, if I had gotten back all the results well in my second trimester, I would have started at least one or two rounds of chemo and then break for delivery and then resume. But because by the time we knew receptor types and so on, I was in the third trimester, that was the only reason why um, I was told to just have the, the liver first and then proceed. What would you, to, all right, if you were, well, you have the platform now, mm -hmm. what would you say to women out there who are afraid to go and have their mammograms done? They are afraid to do this, their service examination because they said they don't want to find anything. They're afraid because I'm going to write that right now with my girlfriends. They're not girlfriends, girlfriend. Duh. She knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> who tells you that, you know, they're afraid to find out. Mm -hmm. What would your, your advice to them? There is absolutely nothing for you to be afraid of. You have to take your health seriously. And even if you get a diagnosis like ours, just know, I mean, look at Sandra, she's 22 years strong. You have no idea how excited I got when I learned that, right? And Jennifer last night was 33. 33. I was, I was telling my husband about her and I'm like, Look here, you can win it. You can win the battle. You literally and just she has had it. She has had it like more than once. Oh, wow. and she did something else, and then she did that. She, she she has done a lot, wow. and she still. Those just said she was a stage four. Yes, persons think that they can't survive stage four, but you can. Wow, that's you know, but so they said the mindset. The mindset. the mindset is very important. For example, anybody who knows me know I don't so I don't waste my precious minutes with people that I don't want to spend my time with. Let's put it that way. Right. I if if it's not that I'm happy every day, but what I do if I am upset about something i don't live there i don't live in the upset i say what i'm gonna say i i might go a little bit and then i move on that i don't i 
tend not to be angry that I, I have done so much work on myself. I have done counseling because what I found is that things that I thought did not bother me was actually bothering me. And I didn't realize until, you know, you have certain things that um, when it happens, you react badly and you say, hmm, why did I react so badly to that? But then you go back and you say, well, boy, maybe I didn't sort out right. my connection with that situation. And I found that I had a, I was having an image challenge because I'm a very confident, I'm an extrovert, you know, but not being married at the time mm -hmm. and still in the dating scene, it takes some level of confidence yes. for young people to say, okay, at what point? Because that was my only concern through right. all of my breast cancer scenarios. My only challenge in terms of um, really, you know, I was battling with, you know, the whole dating scene. When do you tell someone you only have one breast or you, you had breast cancer? Because they can reject you because either they don't want to deal with it or they are wondering what it may look like you know will they find you physically attractive and so in all of that and i like to tell my young people who are still dating or even um married if per persons love you they love your spirit they love your essence you are not your breast exactly. right and i Apart from one incident, which we later started out, I have had no problems with um, saying, well, with how I'm being received by the opposite sex or having a conversation. Initially, I must admit, it was difficult or it is difficult right. because you're, 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 you're afraid of rejection. And so my thing was just to get it out of the way from day one before, you know, you fall in love, we fall in love, and then you ain't coming out who can't leave. So that is one of the things. And that's why I like to also interview, you know, younger persons because they have these real challenges. I mean, you have relationship challenges already as young people. And then now to add this in the mix. Right. It's also an additional challenge to say, okay, you know, at what point do you say this is my situation? The, the truth is, this is your new norm. Right. This is your norm. This is this is what it is. Take it or leave it, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so that is that is our real world in terms of. And I consider myself young. Only <laughs> 57. But I'm still young, still dating. So it's still, but I mean, 22 years later, there's no challenge 
in having that discussion. Right. You know, I have been there, done that, I'm out there. Part of my, pro my, my purpose is to kind of spread the word on early detection. And part of, you know, what we are doing here is to educate those that are are coming into the fold, although we don't want it to come in the fold, but it happens because it's life. Right. You know? And so sharing your mommy's story, because that will be somebody else's reality. Sharing my story is somebody else's reality. And I mean, to just let people know that it happens at a, can happen at a very young age. When I joined Reach to Recovery, um, back in 2000, there was someone there who was diagnosed. She was 24 at the time when I met her, but she was diagnosed at 16. Wow. So, you know, this, so this thing can, you know, she had taken out like the lump like twice and it was benign. And then at 16, I think her first lump was like, like at 13. So these things can happen early. So although they say don't do a mammogram, until 40 right why we, we want to impress upon our viewers do yourself breast examination and be very vigilant just like how tara saw the leaking and she had it checked out immediately some persons would have seen it and made some some well like tara last night she was saying you know she i know this is just a cyst you know so let us just move on kind of thing you know her situation could have ended tragically yeah and, um, it didn't. Mm -hmm. you know but we have to be proactive because as i like to say all the time cancer is time sensitive yes it is time time sensitive it can be the difference between zero to four because mm -hmm. we don't know what type you have and the truth is it can go very quickly yeah so, and if i could add sandra i mean yes. young persons you you have to advocate for yourself do not allow it to surprise you if you recognize a change in your body in your breasts specifically and you go to your healthcare provider and your concerns are dismissed do not act surprised almost keep your guard up that you're going to have to get a second and a third opinion as a healthcare professional myself i cringe whenever i say this but there are so many sad stories um confirming what we're saying your concerns will be dismissed some of the times oh you're too young for breast cancer oh it's nothing but please be relentless be persistent and advocate for yourself and you don't have to have a lump i didn't have a lump i had a discharge which is you know plain and obvious but uh, um a young lady who i met on social media she she's in the states and her symptom was just a sharp pain in her in her breast that was it for her and she was she just was uncomfortable and then the pain radiated to her armpit and it was a burning sensation in her armpit and she was diagnosed at stage three after be after running around just to get somebody to take her seriously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you literally have to advocate for yourself and become body aware. 
because the self-examinations won't make sense unless you are body aware. You have to know what your normal body feels like. So the minute something is off, then you can say, hmm, but that wasn't there last month. Right. Or, you know, kind of thing. This is exactly what happened to me. And just to let the audience know who are on for the first time, when I did my mammogram, because my lump was not in my breast, my lump was in my chest wall in the 12 o'clock position. Well, so if I was not aware of my body and the changes, because mine was a, wasn't a lump either, mine was a hump. And I was working out hard at the time at the gym. So I thought it was muscle. The mm -hmm. only problem was that the other side was not the same. And so when I went and I did my mammogram, I came off the table. Doctor said, you were free to go. We're clean. Wow. And I was, you know, I was like, I was confused because I am sure I was positive that that was not there before. I did not feel it before because I had taken out a lump nine years earlier, which was benign. So I constantly checked myself. Okay. And as we are on it, when you're doing your self-breast examination, nobody told me this in, in before I was diagnosed with breast cancer. You also need to go under the armpit mm -hmm. and check for lumps and bumps in the armpit because the nodes can yes. be affected and they will be swollen. What we call wax, wax and cannon. Yeah. Right? So what... We, you feel underneath your arm to see if there is any lump, any bump. Also, around your neck area, because I had a, um, a oh, node Lord. standing also, which they removed because I wanted to ensure that there was no spread to that node because I had removed 14 nodes and four were positive. So okay. I definitely had to do radiotherapy and chemotherapy as well. So these are some of the things you have to do. You must know your body. And yeah. this goes for males as well. So that right. when there are any changes. So when doctors say, why your face look like that? And I, I could say to him, you know, I am sure there's a lump there. And he said to me, okay. Because I'd put on my, I'd put on my clothes and I was going through the door. And he said, all right, go back up on the table. Put my hand on it. And show me where you're talking. Mm -hmm. I, ju I just went in because the, my I was referred to get a mammogram done and the mammogram came back negative so when I showed him the the, 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 the area in the 12 o'clock position in my chest wall he did an ultrasound this time which showed the area of mass and that's why I'm saying you know what I'm saying your, your belly tell you something yeah. you have to follow your, follow your, your gut right as as you were saying earlier follow your gut and don't be afraid to say can we do further testing exactly you know can we is there can you check you're sure because doctors are not gods you have to help them direct them where you're feeling the pain where you're feeling the lump if you're seeing a discharge if you're having a a, a chest pain if you're having an abdominal pain 
anything like if you feel any nodes standing up because nodes mean inf inflammation, yeah, inflammation somewhere right right and so i was able to go back on the, the table he did the ultrasound he found a lump he then ordered a needle biopsy which confirmed the breast cancer wow. so that's why i'm saying you have to be proactive it's just like you you have to be proactive and move quickly because it is time sensitive thank you so much terry she's reminding terry Ann, she's reminding um all breast cancer survivors the nhf card allows you to get very heavy discounts right on your medication it's it's it is night and day believe me yeah night and day and the, the drugs are extremely expensive right the process to get the card is not hard i was surprised yes. when i went there i was in and out in like half hour maybe if it took right. so long it was a very seamless process right so big up the government um yes, yeah, the government yeah because there it really, really makes a difference really helped um if if lump was in chest wall why did you do a mastectomy because i was when they went in the well, no first of all the size of the lump and the size of my breast, it didn't make sense to do a lumpectomy. Well, I understand now, based on the conversation last night, that the, 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 the whole treatment protocol is now different. Mm -hmm. Now, that what they do now is they some, so in certain instances, they do the chemotherapy first, to break the lump, and try to get the lump to a manageable size, then they, they can offer you a, a, a lumpectomy. Knowing me, I know myself because I don't want it in my body, none at all. None at all I want right. Gone, so I know I would have still opted for the mastectomy. Not only that, what I found with lumpectomy is that you have to really, at the time, I don't know about now. When you did a lumpectomy, you had to follow every six months versus every year. When I have to go in to do my tests, I have to have a come to Jesus moment. I have to have a conversation with Jesus. I have to make all kind of deals because just to go to get the tests done, it is nerve-wracking. Mm -hmm. Survival is wonderful, but it's not an easy road. People see me laugh every day mm -hmm. and smile and think, I don't, I really don't put breast cancer at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. But when it's time to go and get my tests done, yeah, you will also go through to get that follow-up every so often. Scanxiety. The anxiety, the stress, the weight of what if it come back? Yeah. But that's the only time I really think about it. 
Yeah. When I come out and everything is good and I do, because every year I have to do a mammogram, half price, because only one breast. <laughs> I do a um, chest X-ray. I do an abdominal X-ray. I do a sometimes, well, this time around, I did a pelvic ultrasound. And so it's not, it's not a cheap affair without insurance, but it's also nerve wracking because every lump, every bump, anything come up, you wonder if, but the truth is, I just train my mind to just let it happen around that time. Okay. I don't, I don't preoccupy myself, myself outside of that, unless of course I'm feeling unwell. And then, you know, you have to go and get your checks done because you have to be proactive. But like you, I want to, I mean, first of all, going through pregnancy with that load on your mind, I don't know how you manage without counseling. Did you consider counseling any at all or did you? go for counseling i didn't go my oncologist recommended it at one point um she what she said to me is like when you're ready for the referral let me know so she didn't push it on me but she she was sure to um share with me that there is somebody who she normally refers her patients to um and it's not off the table i honestly do not think therapy is off the table for me just yet but what I did, I channeled my energy. So as I tell you, I spent a lot of time um, just reasoning with God. And I also turned to gardening. Gardening became my therapy. Um, and I just went straight into it. Like I, when I look at before and after pictures, so like before cancer, the way my garden was, <laughs> compared to now like my plants are beautiful and i even you know diversified a bit and went into vegetables because i'm eating more of that so might as well right. have my own kalaloo and all of that good stuff um and it really really helped and then lo and behold i created this page because my primary instagram page now was getting overrun with plants everyday plants plants so i said you know what? let me create a page for it and lo and behold there's actually a plant community in jamaica like real obsessed plant people and most of them will will tell you it's their therapy no matter what you're going through it can be cancer or you know just other personal issues when you really turn to you know plants and tilling the soil and there's just something so therapeutic and absolutely yesterday it. morning i was talking to my orchids yes i thought i was an orchid killer and the truth <laughs> is i'm not right I, it just has to be in the right kind of environment you have to it, it takes attention it takes work yeah. right so you have to just know what you're doing yeah so i didn't i didn't seek the information before so of course i was an orchid killer 
<laughs> now my my orchids bloom like no tomorrow. Nice. I can so relate. I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's so relaxing. So relaxing. Where are my questions? Anyone has any questions before we wrap Somebody's up? Nobody's asking. About an hour, so we want to wrap up shortly. Huh? Somebody's asking who is the first person to go to. Oh the yes. Turn. You want to you wanna take that? My, my suggestion would be, I mean, if it's breast related, I would say go to your gynae if you have one. Um, if you don't have a gynecologist, though, your GP is fine. And um, I, 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 I want to say it again. Time is of the essence. Yes. Anything you find. It, it can be nothing because a lot of women have fibrocystic disease right can be nothing so sometimes people sit down and worry and fret and stress out themselves over nothing yeah because it can be it can be it can be fibrocystic disease it can be um uh uh, uh what thing is she had yesterday again uh, assist it a assist it can yeah. be assist right it can be anything but the thing is you're not a doctor unless you are a doctor you're not a doctor go on, and even if you are a doctor yeah you still need to go and get it checked out that's right right any questions before we wrap up anything that you wanted to get out tara that i have already asked or we have not already covered any path along your journey that you want want to share that really made a difference for you um, I think we covered pretty much all the bases, Sandra, but it cannot be emphasized enough for young women, especially under 40. We are deemed in the 5% of breast cancer um, cases. However, more and more, more and more we're seeing younger and younger women getting diagnosed with breast cancer. And for my pregnant woman, if you see changes, do not assume that it is your pregnancy while your breast is acting up. Get it checked. Become body aware and advocate for yourself. Please advocate for yourselves. It, it could mean the difference between a stage one and a stage four cancer. Absolutely. And right. um, Terian is asking, what are some of your low days like and how do you pull through? And and the low days are real. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I named myself Warrior Mom because my mindset is I'm fighting for my kids, but not because my strength is perfect. It is not. I have had low days. And all I would say, and if it's a case where you're going through this journey right now as well, I would say to you, give yourself grace. All the emotions that you are feeling, they're all valid. If you're angry, they're it is so valid. If you are depressed, it is valid. But do not stay there too long. Don't wallow. You have to get up out of that self-pity. Get up and press on and use people like Sandra as inspiration. It's been 22 years and she is still she's fabulous if you ask me so just just find find positive people to surround yourself with 
block it out, block out negativity, block out the whole heap of opinions, people coming to you telling you about who this and who that and who did that. You don't need that. You have to manage your circle. And as I tell you what I did early, I created a broadcast group, one and two. And I was not afraid to say, do not call me right now. Or I'll tell you when I'm ready to talk. You And if you need therapy, you get therapy. Absolutely. Um, Shireen is asking, and I believe it, it, the answer is yes. She says, is there a genetic test to know if you are predisposed? Yes. Do we really have to wait for a symptom? I think the BRCA test right so right. so you what you do is a genetic mutation um profile so you're and and that's the thing as i said to sandra earlier you're counseled prior to doing it because when you send that saliva sample overseas it can open a whole can of worms for you and things that you never expect to get back you end up getting it back so you are walked through the process and you send your sample overseas and then it comes back showing what um genetic mutation you have and which cancers this is they're linked to etc so it right. is done here and the cost is about 500 us okay that was, that was what i was going to ask um okay. if you have any idea what the cost is um any other questions going going um thank you soho yes i'm a warrior queen <clears throat> I know the test, she said that going for the test is nerve-wracking. It is. But it is nerve-wracking. It is, and that's why we have sister friends to go with us, to sit right. with us, to have a conversation, or what you do, you take your your, your music with your little your, your iPad or whatever, and you play your music whilst waiting to see the doctor but i find it's always more relaxing if you have someone that you can talk to to make the time pass right or if you are an avid reader you can read but the thing is you you must go you must go because early detection saves lives it does yeah right and even as as, as we we, uh, we spoke to dr alexander yesterday even at stage four you still can survive it's not a death sentence but as dr um, rogers Rob Roberts. Roberts. Robert said the yes. Difference in cost. The cost is the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The difference to treat a stage zero to two is completely like a a baby <laughs> compared to the three and the, especially the four. So that's why you want to go in and get tested early. If you have it in your family, you're high risk. What are, what is high risk? High risk is obesity. I didn't even know that my profession was high risk because we use a lot of sprays, a lot of um, uh, products. They said cosmetology, barbering, 
that kind of thing is high risk, mm -hmm. right? So if you have it in your family, meaning your immediate family, mother, sister, high risk. Great. Right? So these are some of the things. And read up, read up about it. Read up about it because we can't give you all the information here online, although we would love to. But you know, they're they're ever for everybody. It's a different scenario, a different situation, a different symptom, right? So it, it's just up to you to be proactive. What what is what is your term you use? Be your work with your own advocate. Advocate, advocate, right? mm -hmm. advocate for yourself. If if you know deep in your stomach that something not feel right explore it even if you go and you, you, you go to the, 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 the doctor and the, the mammogram come because as you can see last well for, for persons who were on the program last night because we're on we have a breast cancer um survivor group to make a reach to recovery which has many survivors right a lot many persons get back negative results mm -hmm. and then further down the road it's actually positive the doctor spoke to it right and so that's why you have to be proactive and vigilant and do your self-check and check for any love bump if you're bathing it's the easiest time to do it because you know yeah. your, your skin is soapy so your hand runs smoothly over your breast over your chest area over your round the neck underneath your armpit don't forget your armpit yes. right and so you just be very very vigilant life nice right life sweet if we don't want you to go anywhere so that's why we spend the time i circulate all these i find these these, these warriors who have their story to tell and I bring them to you because we want to let you know that we are here surviving in spite of. And it doesn't mean we don't have the down days, but we have plenty of days. Right? It doesn't mean that from time to time you don't get down, but we, you manage it. So fear is real. We are human. Breast cancer, though, is also real. So you have to manage your health. Eat right. Try as best as possible to have balanced meals. Let's say your plate must be colorful. Lots of fruits and vegetables. Cut down or cut out if possible. The sugars. Uh, sugar loves cancer or cancer loves, loves sugar mm -hmm. right and so these are some of the things that you have to manage the weight is that struggle sometimes because i love food <laughs> but i also exercise i go up and i come down but i'm going to i'm trying i keep i'm not perfect right i try my best to stay as best as possible exercising eating balanced meals i have not cut out red meat i still have um, i don't eat beef a lot 
I have cut down significantly, but the current God, <laughs> challenge. Chicken but, is my challenge. Yeah, for the life of, of me, me, like. But but but, 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 but we're going. Yeah, we we're trying our best. I have it once a moderation. week. Yeah, it is moderation. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, and and uh, um says um please in um Sandra email please need to ask some questions. You can email me at samuelsandra at hotmail.com. That's S-A-M-U-E-L-S-S-A-N-D-R-A at hotmail.com. And I will give up. Or you can um write here on my Facebook page. You can send me a note or inbox me and I respond to you immediately and I can give you my number. Once you inbox me, we can have a conversation. I'll give you my number and we can have a, a full conversation and I direct your path. There is a breast cancer group called Jamaica Reach to Recovery. They, move, they meet every second Tuesday of the month at 5 p.m. I believe now it's online they do have a page, so you can go to their Facebook page. You can probably possibly leave a message there, and we'll pick it up. Okay? And and they are located at 16 Lady Musgrave Road, and they are it's the same building as the Jamaica Cancer Society. So thank you so much, Tara. It was fantastic. Your story was very interesting encouraging because it what could what could have been a terrible situation you came out of it wonderful and surviving and very positive and happy and you have your two special little boys that you just love your your husband i must applaud him because he's very supportive not all men are let us get that straight out there some are some aren't and we say kudos to those who who are and we pray for those who aren't <laughs> right because cancer is a family thing it's not a it's not a i it's a we especially when the mother of the family is affected it affects the entire family right and so we just, I just want to say thank you. Bless you, warrior mom. Thank I you wish you excellent health and all the strength to continue to fight, to continue to be healthy and well. And I continue to pray for you. Thank, thank you for joining me. Thank you for saying yes to Boss Lady Life. Thank you. Next week, same time. 8 p.m. Jamaica time um, on Boss Lady Live. We'll be having Carolyn Boyd. She is a pediatrician and we'll be talking about kids and health. Right? So please join me next week because I know you probably will have a lot of questions um, then as well. So join me next week at 8 p.m. sharp, Jamaica time. Have a good week. It's Monday. 
Have a fantastic week. Take care of yourself. Be safe on the road. COVID still a keep. So make sure social distancing. You have not gone out and have had your, well, if that's your choice, you have not gone out and have had your, um, your vax yet. Make sure you go and have your vax. I'm not um, saying anything about anti-vaxxers. It's your choice. I have had my vaccination because I looked, I read, um, you know, I, I'm following the science. Right. So that's it. So thank you so much. Thank have you. Have a good night. Take care. See you again. Bye. Bless you.